0: Hundreds and hundreds of processes can be used as age-dating methods. The vast majority of these point to a recently created universe. We'll discuss a few of these this week on Creation Magazine Live. Welcome to another audio podcast from your friends at CMI. Faith-building evidences for the accuracy of the Bible are coming right up.
1: Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. My name is Calvin Smith. And I'm Richard Fangrad. And this week we're going to talk about scientific evidence for a recent creation. Now we've done uh, an episode on this already. We have. Uh, on the same topic and we're just going to continue basically from, from where we left off because there's tons of evidence, uh, tons of stuff yes. to talk about. Yep. So, but to, to watch the original episode, you can just go to creation.com slash CML2-05. Creation Magazine Live uh, episode 5 and uh, you can see a whole bunch of other stuff that 's right now we, we can start off with an
0: update on the fresh dinosaur bones and, and, and update that a little bit right. we 're talking here about dinosaur bones, not dinosaur fossils right unfossilized dinosaur bone and we did a whole program on that uh, uh, just a few weeks ago. You can see that on, on if, if you missed it.
1: Uh, look at uh, creation.com slash CML3 02. Yeah. Now, there have been discoveries of blood cells in dinosaur bones going way back to the early 90s. Right. And uh, then in 2005, evolutionists found soft and stretchy material inside of a T Rex uh, leg bone along with blood vessels and blood cells. And um, there have been other discoveries since that time, right? Mary Schweitzer, the original uh, founder of this, she's found more now in hadrosaurs and et cetera. And uh, we've summarized that on a previous episode, and you can view that at creation.com slash CML1-11. And uh, some great things there.
0: Now here's the update on, uh, on fresh dinosaur bones.
1: Dinosaur <laughs>
0: DNA. Right. That's, that's the, latest, the latest and greatest. Believe it or not, scientists have discovered dinosaur DNA in unfossilized dinosaur bones. Now, like other biological structures uh, that have already been found in dinosaur bones, obviously DNA cannot last for millions of years. Right. In fact, researchers have suggested that if it was frozen, given the the best possible preservation scenario, it could only last about 10% back to the time of dinosaurs. Right. But 6.8 million years, not 68 million years. So uh, yeah, Dinosaurs
1: fit with biblical history, right? They do. Not in an evolution. Um, and we've got a, uh, a place you can find that uh, article, by the way, creation.com slash dino dash DNA. Well, we've got another observation that fits with the Bible's history, and, and that's the uh, the world's uh, oldest living organisms, okay. right? Uh, which date back to the time of the flood, again, supporting biblical history. And uh, they're trees, right? Trees are the world's oldest living things that uh, that we know of. And the briscle Bristlecone pines, for example, from the uh, White Mountains in California, they're the world's oldest living organisms. The oldest of these date to right around the time of the flood, and uh, the ages are estimated by counting the number of tree rings, of course, right? Right. Uh, and cross-referencing those tree rings with uh, other trees, uh, both living and dead. Um, since it's not possible that the exact age uh, of trees, because you know trees can have multiple rings per year and, and things like that, but we can get a good a good date range That's right. for yeah. them. Yeah. And uh, they date right back to the time of the Flood, which is exactly what you'd expect, that after the Flood, uh, when the world started to uh, replenish, uh, that's when we'd find those things. So you can uh, check that out at creation.com slash talltrees. Another
0: thing we could, uh, we could think about is uh, trees are also among the largest living things today. For example, a sequoia tree in California, uh, nicknamed General Sherman, is the world's <laughs> largest living organisms, uh, organism. Its bulk is more than ten times that of a blue whale. That's crazy. <laughs> it, it's, it's huge. It's <laughs> the largest living thing. It's only about 2,400 years old. Right. Um, so it, it's interesting that scientists who study these sequoias realize that they're middle-aged trees. They're about, they're, they're middle-aged. 2,400 years and they're middle-aged. They're middle-aged. Wow. But they're growing like teenagers. They're, they're, they're It's like they're in a growth spurt. These trees pack on the equivalent of about a one-foot diameter tree, uh, 100 feet tall, every year. That's how much wood they pack on. So they're, they're, they're <laughs> vigorous trees. And plant biologists agree, and e- even expect, that these vigorously growing magnificent ancient trees could continue to grow for many thousands of years from here on. So the question is, why don't we find some of these trees today that are seven, eight, nine thousand years old? We right. don't. They're, they're, we don't... So they have the potential they have to the last potential. thousands of years. But we've so never so fa- why don't we see any of that are that old? Right, that's Very the question. Again, it goes right back to the time of the flood, that the the biblical history fits these observations. Yeah,
1: and we're going to talk about uh, Yellowstone, Yellowstone Park with okay. the petrified forests. Now. Um The Yellowstone petrified forests are considered to be evidence for a time scale that doesn't fit with the Bible. So let's see. In some places in Yellowstone Park, erosion of a hillside reveals layers of upright petrified trees. We've got to first describe what we're seeing there and then how this supposedly goes against what the Bible says. Right. At Specimen Ridge there are said to be 27 layers, while Specimen Creek contains about 50. Um, This means that the specimen creek formation is especially huge its total total vertical height is about a thousand meters now evolutionists and long-agers usually teach the following scenario one each layer is the remains of a forest um, a separate uh, forest each forest was buried where it grew by volcanic ash and other debris three dissolved minerals were soaked up by the trees petrifying them after about two hundred years the ash weathered into clay then into soil Point number 5, a new forest grew on top of where the previous one had stood. Uh, From the well-preserved tree rings, the oldest trees in each layer was about 500 years old on average. Six: the new forest was buried by volcanic ash and the process repeated. And finally, the entire stack of layers was eroded, such that uh, their edges are now exposed in a cliff. But of course, um, if this scenario were true, that would have taken about 40,000 years, they estimate, uh, to form the entire uh, series, and of course that doesn't fit the biblical timeline, right? Right. Yeah. Now there are some
0: problems with this interpretation. We can we can look at some of the problems here. For example, uh, there's only root balls. The Yellowstone petrified trees have uh, their large roots broken off, leaving root balls. This happens when trees are forcefully pushed out of the ground, like by wind or or, or water or bulldoze right. or something like that. Another point: there's no petrified branches or petrified bark. Something has stripped most of the bark and the and the and broken the limbs off, uh, leaving only the knots in the trunks. There's another another strange issue there. Here's another one. Some of the trees extend into the forest layer above, but if the next layer had to wait for hundreds of years, the, like the, the interpretation that we just heard, right. for the ash to weather into soil so that the next forest could grow, then the exposed tree top would have completely decayed. Right. But they're have, there. Have, they're, but they're there anyway. They, right. they extend into, the, into the next the next layer. Uh, another problem. When Trees fall in forest, especially with a flat floor, they have an equal chance of lying in any direction. But here they tend to align in the same direction. This is consistent with a common force, like moving water or mud or, or, or wind, something like that again pushing the trees down. Right. So that doesn't fit with the evolutionary, the long age explanation either. Right. Here's another one. If the layers had been buried by, by volcanic eruptions thousands of years apart, the mineral content of each layer would probably have been quite different but the mineral content remains the same throughout over a kilometer of vertical height. This suggests one or a few volcanic episodes, perhaps with many pulses within each episode, all within a fairly short time frame. And here's another one. Growing forests have definite soil layers with lots of rootlets. However, the petrified forests, uh, so-called forests, lack any of these. And in real forest, plant debris forms an organic layer on the forest floor, and the deeper the material, the older it is, so the more time it has to decay. But the petrified for- forests, again lack any pattern of greater decay with depth. so and also there are also finely preserved leaves. since leaves decay quickly and, and lose their shape uh, uh, shortly after they fall off the tree, these leaves probably were buried very quickly. Right. And a couple more. Volcanic materials, such as feldspars, quickly weather into clay when exposed to water and air. But the petrified forest lacks clay. You don't see clay there. This suggests that none of the layers were exposed for very long. And finally, tree rings from trees buried at different levels show matching
1: patterns. So all the trees appear to have been living at the same time. So really what we're saying here is that the evolutionary explanation has some real serious problems. Huge right. problems. right? But a, a far better explanation would be what creationists uh, teach. The flood. Yeah, global flood. Right? A global flood uh, could explain these things. Flood waters would, be uprooted, uh, would have uprooted the trees, ripping off the root branches. Uh, as, as the trees were floating, of course, the bark's rubbed off. And we see real examples of this today, for example, in Spirit Lake near Mount St. Helens, where the floating log mats knock, knock off all their, the, the bark. Um, the root ends, of course, would soak up water and eventually become waterlogged, right? And so they'd, they'd tip up and they'd, they'd stand upright and then the whole tree uh, becomes waterlogged, of course, it drops to the bottom and then other trees drop at different uh, levels and are all buried. So You can picture this happening, they bumping together, they, they lean up, they come down, more sediments come in, they bury them, and then and other trees at different rates stand up and then you'd have uh, basically what we see at, um, at Specimen Ridge.
0: Yeah, and that's a good example, that's a good explanation for the
1: data that we
0: see there in Yellowstone Park. So let's move on with another dating method, the erosion of continents. Uh, The continents are are constantly eroding. Sedimentologists have researched many of the world's rivers, and you can see some of the data here, and calculated how fast the land is disappearing. Now, the average height reduction, if we average all of this out, the average height reduction for all the continents in the world is 60 millimeters per thousand years, about uh, 2.4 inches per thousand years. That equates to some 24 billion tons of sediment a year. That's quite a bit. If the continents had an elevation, get this, of 150 kilometers uh, above sea level, they would have been completely eroded in two and a half million years. Two and a half billion years, sorry, billion years. That's the supposed age for the continents. In two and a half billion years, you can erode 150 kilometers kilometers of of continent. If the erosion had been going on for billions of years, no continents should remain. We shouldn't see any.
1: So the fact is, the continents themselves are evidence of a young Earth. Yes. <laughs> now, this problem has been highlighted by a number of uh, geologists who calculated that North America should have been leveled in only about ten million years if erosion has continued at the average rate that we, we see it today. Ten million, not billion. Ten million. million yeah. Years. <laughs> and this is, of course, a ridiculously short time when you compare it to the uh, supposed two point five billion year age for the continents.
0: Right. right. Yeah. And some mountain tops, uh, evolutionists say that, that mountains are being uplifted. And uh, in, in mountainous areas, well, those those areas where the uplift is happening should have been replaced many times, if the continents are really right. that old. This is old. their
1: common objection. It's, right? Well, wait, wait a sec. The, the, the things are uplifting all the time. Yeah, yeah. But. but but
0: it doesn't work. If you if you do the math, it doesn't work. Those those uplifted areas should have been again replaced many many times yeah. over, if the millions of years timescale is correct. And the rocks that they're made of should not be old rocks. It it, it, or or should not be should not be young rocks. All the old rocks should have been eroded a long time ago. But we find both young rocks and old rocks. All the ages of the rocks, according to their dating method, on these mountains, Uh, like dinosaur age rock, for example, sixty-five million year old rock. Well, we shouldn't
1: we shouldn't find that old rock because there shouldn't be any sixty million year old rock. On rocks that would have been eroded long millions of years before. Yes, right. Yeah. And for details
0: on that, you can go to creation.com slash erosion for some more fascinating details on that particular
1: dating method. Right. Now we can swing way away and look at a different uh, evidence: uh, the origin of agriculture. Something a little bit different, but secular dating puts it at about ten thousand years ago. The origin of of, of agriculture, right. and yet the, the same chronology says that modern uh, man has supposedly been around for at least two hundred thousand years you kind of think that 200,000 years, somebody would have kind of figured out, yeah, if I take this seed and I drop it in the ground, I might get some <laughs> stuff, and then we wouldn't have had to have been hunter-gatherers and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. But see, 10,000 years, that fits with the biblical time scale right? Yeah, uh, yeah. you can uh, work it a, a, a in there. Way more than the
0: evolutionary one, anyway. We can think about coral reefs. there's here's another thing that evolutionists say takes millions of years. Well, evolutionists from Darwin to the present... Uh, uh, believe that okay, coral reefs took longer than the biblical time scale to form. Right. However, even significant modern reefs like the, the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, is r- they're recent for an evolutionist. Evolutionists believe that they're recent because right. evolutionists believe at the last ice age, which they claim was about 11,000 years ago, of course an ice age takes huge amounts of water out of the oceans and builds up these glaciers, these ice sheets, on, on, the, planet, on the which Earth, would yeah. lower the ocean levels, so the Great Barrier Reef Eleven thousand years ago, ten thousand years ago, was dry land where the
1: reef is today. So it grew in the last ten thousand years. Right, so even it, evolutionists believe, it yeah, was young. there couldn't have been a reef there if there was no water there, right? And also, no live coral takes place um, below about fifty meters under the ocean, under the surface, because lack of light uh, of light it is going to kill kill the, the reef. reef. Yeah, yeah. So both warmer oceans and rising ocean levels toward the end of the ice age which followed the flood, that's what we would uh, believe, yes. right? that there was an ice age. Uh, that had greatly increased coral uh, reef growth rates enabling some to grow to great height. Um, and Some coral reefs are more than a kilometer tall. Yeah,
0: they're, they're that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. If we think of the, the ice age, uh, we, we certainly believe there was an ice age, it happened after the flood, it was triggered by the flood, right. it would have lowered ocean levels of course by, by hundreds of feet, right. and then as the glaciers are melting toward the end of the ice age, the ocean levels go up, the sunlight works on the
1: reef and builds these, some reefs, as you, as you just right. said,
0: are, are over a kilometer tall.
1: If you want a great uh, interview from a, a coral expert, go to creation.com slash Carter interview. The moon's magnetic field, this is not
0: something that's talked about very often, but uh, from rocks that were sampled from the moon, uh, they, they have a residual magnetism that indicates that the moon once had a magnetic field that was stronger than the Earth. Mm. Now, there is no evolutionist, the evolutionist dynamo mechanism for producing magnetic field just doesn't work on on the moon. It it, it wouldn't even account for a weak magnetic field on the moon, let alone a strong one, stronger than the the Earth's magnetic field today. Um, So, again, that doesn't fit the billions of years' time frame. It makes more sense that the moon was created recently. Uh, The evidence is consistent with that. A recent creation of the moon and its magnetic field and free decay since that time, like right. the free decay that the Earth is experiencing as well. There's a great article by a physicist, Dr. Russell Humphreys, on this topic exactly, if you want to look at some of the details, there's a serious problem for evolutionists. The moon is not 4.6 billion years old, based on this particular dating method, the moon's magnetism, the high magnetism of the moon.
1: Right. You can go to creation.com slash Now, we've talked about human population growth in in Season 2, Episode 5, talking about the current population of the world, uh, which it fits with biblical history, not the millions of years uh, scenario. And and if you want to just catch up on that, it's creation.com slash CML2-05, so Season 2, Episode 5. But here's another indication that the evolutionary story for humans just doesn't work. The Stone Age uh, was supposed to last about a 100,000 years, um, uh, between uh, 1 million and Ten million people were supposed to be uh, living on the Earth at, at that time, right? Uh, according to the evolutionary according scenario. According to the yes. Scenario, yes. Again, yeah. We're, yeah, yeah, this is their, their data, but uh, fossil evidence shows that people buried their dead, uh, often in the Stone uh, Age, yeah. W- yeah, with with a lot of artifacts uh, in burial. Now, if there were just one million people alive during that time, uh, with an average generation time of twenty five years, there should have been uh, maybe four billion bodies buried. <laughs> Um, along with many artifacts during that time period. Uh, if there were 10 million people, it would have been about 40 billion bodies buried. Well, this doesn't really
0: work here, does it? Yeah, From what we
1: find. Where are all the bodies? <laughs> exactly. And, and
0: if the evolutionary time scale is correct, then we would expect to find the skeletons of these buried bodies because we've supposedly found bones much older than that. Now, we're, we question the dating methods, whether of the course. bones are actually that old. But in the evolutionary Right, we're talking about the scenario. scenario. Yeah. They're saying, yeah, bones do last that long. But even if they wouldn't, as you just said, they're still burying people during the Stone Age, apparently, with artifacts. Well, certainly the artifacts would have survived would have, would have. Right, survived. even if Stoned you can
1: explain and- away the bodies, you should still find the artifacts. Yes, well, now, where are they? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's some details you can check out at creation.com slash people. Uh, great article that gives you more information there. Now, we've also got the faint young sun. Paradox. Here's a different uh, evidence. Again, Uh, according to stellar evolution theory, as as the sun's core transforms from hydrogen uh, to helium by means of nuclear fission, um, the mean molecular weight increases. Yeah, it's fusion. Yes, (laughs) yeah, and and uh, which would uh, compress the sun's core uh, by increasing the fusion rate. Right. So the sun ought to have brightened about 25 percent since the appearance of, of life on Earth. It should have been getting brighter. Yep, right? According to some of these with these evolutionary assumptions right. built in, this is what they're saying. Yeah. So this translates into 16 to 18 degree uh, temperature increase on the earth. Now the current average temperature on the earth is about 15 degrees. So um, 3.8 billion years ago, if you do the math, that means when life was supposed to have ev- evolved, it would have been about minus 2. Wow. That doesn't really work at all. It
0: doesn't work given their data. And, and you just and work the sun, out their own and so on, given all their, their their dates and so on you get here's a paradox oops it would
1: have been really cold on earth <laughs> when life was supposedly evolved. evolutionists say it's supposed to be warmer that's right then. it was supposed to be warmer in the past and of course uh, you can check out this at creation.com/faint sun to see uh, and work out the math for yourself <laughs> yeah well, what's interesting is that we've we've
0: explored here on on this week's program a wide variety of dating methods not only you know looking at, at geology or biology, but but population growth and all kinds of different things, astronomy, the moon, uh, different types of things. And, and many of these different dating methods fit beautifully with what the Bible tells us about the Earth's past.
1: Right, and, and evolutionists, in a sense, don't talk about this a lot. They want to talk about the ones that supposedly support the evolutionary timeline, yeah, radioisotope right? dating, and, and things yeah. like that. So, yeah.
0: some feedback that we get uh, usually via email to our website mm. and, and uh, things like that. Uh, this week's feedback comes from Ryan. Uh, Ryan is a Christian who's struggling with his faith. Right. Uh, popular story uh, nowadays. But he's struggling with his faith. Perhaps many of you are struggling with your faith. That's why you're watching this program. Well done. That's great. Go to creation.com, get more information. But uh, we just thought that this this particular feedback was very appropriate given the subject, that, that, that the kinds of things we're talking about here. Mm. Building the faith in areas where atheists and skeptics have tried to attack the
1: Bible right. and we're... Responding Sometimes to people think there's just this mountain of evidence for evolution and maybe our faith is silly, etc. Right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, he said he was uh, born and raised in a Christian home. He grew up hearing Bible stories and always uh, desired to live a godly life. And then he said, however, in the past two years it seems I've been slipping into an increasingly terrifying spiral of doubt and unbelief. It started with the idea that I was going to go on the internet, YouTube specifically, and share the gospel with an unsaved world. He said, I love your information, but when I uh, try to commit my heart to trust the Lord more and repent of doubt, I have all those old ideas pulling me away. I believe Jesus died and rose again, but I feel uh, like I'm not convinced enough. How can I render my heart back in full conviction to the Lord? Yeah, and you can read more of this. Just look, look up Dealing with Doubt on,
0: uh, on creation.com. We've, we've uh, kind of highlighted the main points here. Right. And, um Uh, who responded to this here? Lita, Lita Costner, one of our information officers, New Testament scholar at our U.S. office. Uh, She says this, the first thing we have to establish is that salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It doesn't depend on us, thank God. If it depended on us, it would never work. Our inability to save ourselves is the entire reason Jesus had to come to save us. You say that you had a moment of true conversion. If that's the case, then that had nothing to do with how good you were at believing the right stuff. Right. Right. Not, I like that point. That's yep. It's good to think of. It's not on his shoulders. It's yeah. completely a work of the Holy Spirit that brings us to Christ. I think that should give you tremendous comfort. And hopefully
1: it gives you tremendous comfort as well. Right. She had some suggestions, of course, and, and some questions for him. Uh, one of the questions was, are you in a Bible-believing church? If so, you need to talk to your pastors about these doubts. That was, a, you know, number one, some some. Christians are saying, well, I'm a Christian, but well, I don't really have a home church and stuff. So, Bible talks about fellowship with with fellow believers and being under the authority of, of you know, a good Bible teaching and believing pastor. Uh, that, can, that can help you with some of these things. You need to fellowship and, and voice those doubts and get answers. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Great that he found yeah. creation.com to get, uh, to get answers. I mean,
0: continuing to learn about the Bible and fellowship with other believers is critical to spiritual growth. Exactly, so you, you can bounce ideas that you, that, that you might have or, or struggles in your faith off of fellow believers, strong Christians, and that's, fellowship is important. You've you got to go to church. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's another one. Uh, completely stop your interactions with YouTube sites that are causing you to doubt. Uh, You don't go into the battle half-dressed, right? It might be hard, hard news to swallow, but you need to get some more information first. Take a step back. Maybe temporarily get some more information and then you can go out and, and, and it's it's great what you're doing. What right. Ryan is doing there, going on and, and
1: telling people the good news about Jesus. That's right. good stuff. The thing is though, you can get tired out just like in everything. So oh, yeah. if you just yeah. constantly sit there and get beat all the time, maybe it's time to time to step back. Uh, instead, more, spend more time in Scripture and reading sound apologetic material that can help you answer the questions that you have. That seems. Pretty common sense, but doesn't that make more sense? You know, there's only so much poison you can you can take, right, at one time. Right, so stop yeah. that. Get some good stuff in there, dilute it a bit, and uh, and you'll do better. Today's
0: episode was originally formatted for broadcast TV and is available online at the links in the podcast show notes. Both are produced by Creation Ministries International, publishers of Creation Magazine. For more information for the accuracy of the Bible, visit creation.com. You can also donate to the ministry at creation.com slash donate. And thanks for listening.